was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. The droids are clean, the vaporizers are patched, and the speeders fueled. It's time to pick up some blue milk and power converters. You're listening to Toshi Station Radio, brought to you by the Majestic Giraffe Network. Now here are your hosts for the Snarkist Podcast in Star Wars and Geek Culture, Brian and Nancy. Outskirts of Anchorhead and on the shores of the Great Chot Flats, you're listening to Tashi Station Radio, the bright center in the universe for all things Star Wars and geek culture. I'm your host, Brian, and with me, as always, is my co-host and wife, Nancy. Hi! On today's episode, we're looking back at the Aftermath series and previewing Empire's End. We're about to get started, so sit back, grab some power converters, and enjoy the show! And before we go too much further, Tashi Station Radio is brought to you in part by our awesome Patreon subscribers. Click the link on Tashi-Station.net for more details and learn how you can support the show and you did very recently because our mixer burned out and we uh, used our patreon funds to get a new one so thank you yay using the patreon money for its purpose yes thank you very much and we might be using that soon for some new microphones what yep (laughs) who knows we'll see soon and we're also brought to you in part by her universe fill out your world with star wars star trek marvel transformers doctor who and other fandom inspired wardrobe and jewelry Click the link on our blog to purchase awesome geek gear and keep the lights running on the podcast. Hooray. All right. Uh, Fixers Flash, geeky things we've been up to. Uh, Nancy, what have you been up to? Uh, I have been reading a lot. I've been reading Mage Worlds for the Tashi Station Book Club. Uh, longtime listeners of the show may, me, may remember me gushing about the series five years oh, ago. Oh, my goodness. That was... That was one of the earliest subjects on both the podcast and the blog was how much we enjoyed the Mage World series. Yes. So we um, have an episode up for Price of the Stars already. I've read Star Pilot's Grave already. I had to stop myself from going ahead and reading the third book so I didn't mess myself up. Um, I've also been reading the Vorkosigan books. Um, If you read Tor.com, they do a lot of rereads, and uh, so I'm reading along with them. And uh, currently on Setaganda, which is not my favorite of the books so far, but I still really like the universe. Also, I got a nerdy Valentine's Day gift. I got the Bromance Cardigan from El Hoffer Design, and it's really cute and comfortable. You have not. You have barely taken that off since you got it i really love it thank you you're welcome dear (laughs) um and been watching uh season two of the expanse with you it's a good show bront it's probably the best science fiction on television right now as far as uh as far as i'm concerned yeah i'm not too i'm not too impressed with these season two so far I but, um, feel oh, you weren't that impressed with season one either. I feel like this is a show that's better binged, and I don't say yeah. that about many shows. Yeah, because yeah. it's it's kind of hard to keep track of all of the moving parts. Well, I'm also getting I'm also having the Battlestar Galactica problem in this season is that I don't really like any of the characters. I still <laughs> like, like I, mean, I still like, like Miller and Avasalara. I, I like Miller and Avasalara. I mean, you're, they're not good people, but they're interesting characters. I just, I find Holden really boring, and um, I think I'm supposed to like Naomi, but I find her kind of annoying as well, Um, and I haven't seen enough of Bobby, even though people say they really like her. I haven't seen enough of her to really form an opinion yet. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, keep your mind open for Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I. But yeah, we've been watching that, and uh, it's it's good. It's good stuff. What good about stuff. You? Uh, pretty much the same thing you've been doing. <laughs> I I don't have much to talk about. I haven't been. I've been busy. We did read Empire's End. I, we did read Empire's End. We're not going to talk about it today. That'll no. come next week. <laughs> uh, but uh, we read Empire's End. If you were looking for a non-spoilery review, go buy it. Yes. It was very good. Yes. We very much liked it. We'll have more later. Yes, much, much more later. Uh, let's see. What is new on the blog, Nancy? Uh, we've got... Um, a bunch of stuff first of all a note um we haven't been uh as attentive to the blog as we would like to mainly because all of our attention is focused on podcasting um as we've been adding more shows to the network brian has been editing more uh per week and i have been doing Throncast and that those notes take a lot longer than I anticipated. And and by the way, Throncast is why TSR has been sporadic the last few months. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> we are, however, approaching the end of Throncast. Yes. And once that happens, uh, we'll be back. TSR to... is back on a normal recording schedule. Yes. Um. So, uh, Bria, who um does a lot of the writing on the blog, uh, I would say. Uh, probably about 75% of it. She was now taking over the role of managing editor. So basically all the things she was doing now, she's officially doing them and also just um, managing the the blog side. So we thank Bria for stepping up and letting us Sucker, focus. Sucker, you get to deal with WordPress now. <laughs> letting us focus on the audio part of Tashi Station. Yeah, um, it with six shows on the network now, I am. I joke that I don't edit anything, but I do actually do a fair well, amount of work before each show. You don't show. edit as far as what people think of editing is, like like cutting out pauses and like cutting stuff out like you don't do that no i'm, I'm very but much live do, to drive but you have to you know fix the audio levels and... yeah I, I have to equalize i have to level things out i have to do noise removal i have to make sure everything is synced up correctly i have to put in the bumpers yeah uh and yeah it's i, I joke that i don't edit but each episode we put up requires about a half hour work from me so i have not had as much time to tend to the <laughs> blog side of things the last year or so as i used to yeah so thank you bria for doing that and we know she will do a great job and um one of the things we've started is doing a new feature on mondays called the holonet blast where it's it's basically news uh we don't it, yeah it's a news link dump yeah we don't we don't usually like to just have a post for every single news item, but, you know, we thought it would be nice to just have every a place for everything and, you know, provide commentary on it. As... Also, this makes it easier for us to do the show notes. Yes. Yeah, I, we just I, rip it from I, that feature I now. I did find that it was easier for me to pull the news articles this past week. <laughs> Funny uh, how that works. Yeah. Uh, speaking of all of our podcasts, we've got new episodes of pretty much all of them. Uh, Western Reaches, Thronecast, we have started The Last Command. Barreling towards the end. Yes. 
uh, Ace Space is back with a new host, uh, Nick. Unfortunately, Saf had to um, back it, it, back it, away. It turns out when they, you're on every podcast, you can't actually do every podcast. Yeah, Saf is on a lot of podcasts, and um, she is actually starting her own podcast network. Um, not for her shows, but for other people's shows. Yeah, so. and I actually want to take a moment to to uh, plug what Saf is doing over on her network. Um, she is looking essentially for any kind of a podcast with a, a hosting duo or hosts that are really passionate about whatever it is they want to talk about. <laughs> uh, and she is looking for she is looking for pitches for things that you don't really see elsewhere. Uh, so if you've got an idea, you've wanted to get into podcasting us, uh, but you don't necessarily want to do a Star Wars podcast. I mean, she will take Star Wars podcasts. Mm -hmm. But if you've had this idea for a podcast, go get in touch with Saf. Uh, go to notsafforwork.com. And uh, she's got a post up there describing what it is she's looking for. And I really want to plug this because Saf is awesome and uh, she's putting together what I think is a very cool and unique and really worthwhile uh, network. So yeah. go go check all of that out. Um, and uh, yeah, not Safforwork.com is where you will find that. Mm hmm. Of course, I mean, we can't be too mad about her dropping out of uh, A-Space when she's still doing two other shows on our network. Yes, and we got, and now we have Nick on, and she's, she'll be a great co-host for that, uh, that, that podcast. Um, we also, like I said, have a new episode of the book club up with uh, Price to the Stars, and I was really uh, looking forward to that episode because uh, Dunk was the co-host, and Dunk is the person who... Uh, recommended mage worlds to me in the first place so that was fun to talk about with her and finally uh the merch team is back on of dice and droids uh that episode will be up shortly or is probably in the feed when you're listening to this now so yay uh all that and uh a bunch of comic reviews podamer number 11 which i still haven't read yet oops have you read that one i have read that one it it's was good. it was good okay uh afro number four darth maul number one star wars number 28 uh, Bria is continuing on her Knights of the Old Republic uh, game through gameplay, although uh, this installment is about her Visas Mar uh, cosplay, which is really cool looking, um, although it's apparently hard for her to wear because she can't see while well, she's wearing yeah, when, you're, <laughs> when it's a character that's blind, it turns out part of the costume actually makes you blind. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> props to you, Bria. That's not an easy one to pull off. Yeah. Um, and, um, also Brian started a new Celebration Orlando, uh, guide, uh, we'll be posting this leading up to the convention, just tips for Orlando and Celebration in general, and this, uh, the first installment was about getting around the area from the airport to the hotels and also what, what is around food and entertainment wise. And, uh, you know, I think we'll do a podcast, um probably sometime next month yeah uh with well we uh, did one leading up to celebration anaheim mm -hmm. um i think i i think we had dunk and uh james yeah from, and we talked about that but um we definitely want to do one for celebration orlando since we know celebration and yeah we we know the we area know orlando. <laughs> so yeah we'll be able to give you some uh some different options and things to do here some uh obvious things how and uh of course I'll, we know a lot of you are attaching on a uh, theme park vacation 
to this yeah. trip, we will help you out with that as well. Yes. Um, and I believe that's it for what's new in the block. And we are switching up the order a little bit. You'll see why later. But we're going <laughs> to start with Big's bullshit uh, Star Wars film news. We've got... Uh, uh, right off the top, we've got Jimmy V uh, is the new uh, R2 operator. Yeah, so uh, that's really cool. He's taking over uh, Kenny Baker. Um, and um, so, yeah, <clears throat> not sure exactly what how extensive that will be, considering uh, R2's role for The Force Awakens, uh, you know, about you know he was he was in the movie about as much as luke was <laughs> yeah pretty I'm, much i'm assuming now that uh he'll be in more and oh i just thought of luke and r2 are gonna have a reunion <laughs> oh man <laughs> uh yeah um also we've got uh force Fly friday redux uh, coming on september 1st and you take this because i just closed my tab accident <laughs> uh force friday coming september 1st uh, featuring new packaging with the new big three yes uh ray has new hair that was the first thing i noticed <laughs> that was the first thing i think everyone noticed um also i i just want to note for the record that hairstyle is not a mullet a mullet is when you have short hair on top and long hair in the back, her hair is all long. It's just pulled back. It's called half up, half down. It's a very popular hairstyle, especially when I was growing up. I kind of wore my hair half up, half down every single day. So it's not a mullet. I just, I just want to note that for the record. Um, yes. Yes, uh, not not a uh, not a mullet. No, not a mullet. Uh, Finn has a new shirt. Finn does have a new shirt, and it looks like he got it from Poe. <laughs> As he still got the jacket. Still got the jacket. Uh, and Poe is in his flight suit and his helmet, continuing the horrible marketing decision of covering up Oscar Isaac's face. <laughs> I mean, leave him in the flight suit. That's fine, right? Show his beautiful it's dashing. face. It's dashing in the flight suit, but why the helmet? I guess kids like helmets or whatever, whatever. I mean, Hasbro is also selling a replica helmet that I kind of want. Well, you have one. I do have one. I have a wedge helmet. It's great. Yeah. Uh, painted courtesy of Savannah Kiefer. Uh, go to Savannah for all of your helmet needs. <laughs> yes. Yep. Um, and finally, uh, according to tweets, The Last Jedi is plural thank you foreign languages uh yes yeah, so you know foreign languages a lot of times will have uh like um so in french it's les derniers jedi so like they have the le la les before nouns um to de to denote whether it's masculine masculine or feminine or singular or plural um and also the adjective has a uh adjectives are singular or plural in some foreign languages so like french it's 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 plural and i know uh, i think the italian and the spanish and the german were also um plural so um yeah what does that mean it means it's plural that means there's many Luke clones. That's what it means. I would not 
be opposed to this. <laughs> well, it could mean, you know, that it's referring to Ray and Luke, which I think is probably the most likely. Um, I think it, that makes me happy. I also still have in the back of my head the idea that Kylo didn't kill all of the apprentices. Luke's got some of them sequestered away, ready to pounce. Yeah, well, like, it depends on when he started teaching students. If he started teaching students around the time he was teaching Ben Solo, and that was the first class, you know, then, you know, maybe all of them are dead. But if he... if you know, Ben Solo wasn't in his first class. He probably taught some Jedi through to knighthood by the time Kylo became Kylo. So it just depends on that. So, yeah. We shall see. We shall see. see. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's go on over to Deke's Dirt News from around fandom and Star Wars lands. We've got an open date and... If they hit this open date, I will be really impressed. <laughs> I think you both and both you and I. So yeah, uh, Bob Eager on a uh, earnings call and then confirmed uh, by the Disney Parks uh, blog, mm-hmm. uh, the official blog, uh, states that Star Wars lands in both uh, Orlando and Anaheim are set to open in 2019. Yes. Which uh, is surprising because uh, Avatar Land is opening this year after how many years of construction? I think five. I think it's been longer than that. <laughs> I think we're bordering seven. Yeah. I think it I think it broke ground in 2012. 2012, but was announced in like... Yeah, uh, it was announced, but broke ground. I, Star Wars broke ground a lot faster after it was announced, so... Funny, they seem like they really want that built. Hmm. I wonder why. I wonder why. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but uh, 2019, we don't know when in 2019. Uh, people have speculated that uh, they're getting for spring 2019 to uh, uh, coincide with cel- the next uh, celebration, Anaheim. That's probably really optimistic, though. I uh, I, I could see later in the year to coincide with episode nine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, because they want to spread out people's visits more. I could also see 2020 because I, I yeah. just don't see 2019. Yeah. That is super, super ambitious. But yeah, I'm excited that, you know, they are they're planning to fast track it. Um, and speaking of Star Wars at uh, Disney Parks, uh, Hollywood Studios is getting a new meet and greet this spring. BB-8! BB-8, my buddy! It did not say whether this is just a, like, statue BB-8 or interactive BB-8. I'm assuming it's interactive, interactive BB-8, which means we have to go. Well, yeah. Because we have a picture of BB-8. But that it was, was a static model provided by a fan group. Yeah. So I want the interactive one. I, w- I, wanna, I want him to do thumbs up and go... uh yeah oh yeah one thing we forgot to say for fixer slash was we watched force awakens again oh yeah we watched force awakens again water is wet (laughs) bb8 so cute (laughs) uh we got some celebration news uh we do felicity jones ian mcdermott and jeremy bullock announced uh to be attending celebration those are the first guests we've gotten uh felicity jones is signing autographs and doing photo ops and it's really 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 expensive (laughs) Uh, i i I think i also saw that doug chang was confirmed uh to be doing a uh visual or um a uh, storyboarding Ah, panel cool 
Um, so yeah, I, I imagine within the next several months, we will be getting a lot more information about Celebration. Yeah, uh, prepare for the deluge, because it's coming. <laughs> and, uh, we also got news that, uh, Ryan Johnson and Kathleen Kennedy will be attending, obviously, um, for a panel on The Last Jedi. But unlike Anaheim and, uh, Celebration Europe, when the panel was the first day of the, of the con, uh, this panel will be on the Friday, which is interesting, and I'm not sure how that's going to work out. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, uh, especially for us. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer that it's not the first thing, and it's you know because the 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 Force Awakens panel at Anaheim was just it was just got pumped up for the entire. For the yeah, entire it was, it was tone setting for the whole convention. Yeah, it was great. Um, I mean, I'm sure uh, it, this will be the highlight of the convention anyway. So, oh yeah, totally. <laughs> Especially if there's a trailer and Luke is in it. That's my pipe dream. Yeah. So you and I will be uh, tearing down a charity gala. Yes. And then going to our room. Moonlight gala. Go buy your tickets now on sale at Eventbrite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we're gonna tear that down. Then we're gonna go take a shower, change, and then go get in line. Yep. And stay in line mm-hmm. until like six or seven in the morning. I hope there's nothing else on Friday that we want to do so I can nap. <laughs> Ye- watches all of the uh, lit panels we want to do that day. <laughs> I know. It's you know. totally gonna be how it works out, and you know it. It will. I'll be like, can we just sleep behind the stage? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there was a new crossover event announced uh, uh, with Star Wars and Afra uh, called the Screaming Citadel, and uh, Luke and Afra will team up, and people were excited about that. Indeed, and uh, Barnes and Noble has a- another exclusive. Uh, previously, they had announced that they will be getting the um, uh, Ray Sloan and Nora Wexley posters, uh, which are available this coming Tuesday. So, yeah. Shortly after you listen to this episode, mm-hmm. uh, which will be cool. Uh, I kind of want to go get that, by the way. Oh, I do. Yeah. I, I uh, actually think I want to wait until Celebration, because if they are selling books there, usually it's Barnes & Noble that sells them. Mm-hmm. And if they have the exclusive, then I'll just buy it there and get it signed. <laughs> well, uh, is this the Thrawn poster you want? or Oh, the, uh... well, I was thinking Empire's End yeah, and I... Thrawn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Exclusive Thrawn poster. Very yeah. cool. And cover. And cover. Yeah, which instead of the, We might have to go get uh, two copies instead then. Instead of the white background, it's black. Yeah, so. they kind of uh, reverse the color scale, which is cool. Yeah. Neato. And we- Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> you look like you were going to take this next one. Oh no, you can have it. Uh there was a new book announced this past week uh called Inferno Squad. Uh, being released in July, and this will be written by Christy Golden, and it's set after Rogue One. Um, it's kind of the Empire's answer to the stealing the Death Star plans. Uh, kind of, they're out for blood and want to um, want to get the people responsible. And for, of course, all the people responsible are dead, so they are going after Saw's group. Yes. So that should be interesting. Very cool. I'm I'm excited to see Christy Golden has this book. Uh, this yeah. is really the first one she's gotten that uh, is completely like her. Yeah, she it's story. not really tethered to something else. I mean, her yeah. previous forays it was uh, um, 
the Fate of the Jedi, Jedi series in which she was working with two other authors and mm. kind of a macro arc that wasn't necessarily her own. Yeah. Then she did Dark Disciple, which was essentially an adaptation of unused Clone Wars scripts. So this is really yeah. first time her thing, which, yeah, she, she deserves a shot. She's done a, she's had some great moments in Star Wars and has done some great things outside of Star Wars. Yeah, and she's written a lot of uh, World of Warcraft books where she's focused on the... Um, I don't know if I necessarily call them antagonists, but, you know, she's written about the, uh, you know, the Horde and <laughs> Arthas Menethil, who turns totally evil. So she can definitely handle the Imperial aspects. Oh, definitely, yeah. And I was, I was really, as, as soon as I heard this, I'm like, yeah, they're ground troops, but I'm like, could I at least hope for one 181st reference? Um, and then I was like, wait a minute, Christy Golden wrote Fate of the Jedi. She knows who Jagged Fell is. She knows who Baron Sutrafell is. She could totally mention him. This isn't outside of the realm of reason. I know. I was like, if it was a totally new author, I'd be like, yeah, I probably don't know them. But I was like, yeah, she she knows. She knows. She knows. Yeah, so hopefully that would be cool. And uh, finally, we've got some Empire's End excerpts just in time for the release in a couple of days. Uh, we've got Lando and Lobot in yeah. one, which was very cute. Yes. And Han and Leia preparing for Baby Ben Aww. in another. Aww. Yeah, can I, can I just say about that excerpt, um, Han and Leia are not having an argument, and it's not setting the basis for them to be separated 25 years later. It's her doctor said, you need to eat yogan fruit. And Han going out and buying every yogan fruit he can find. And then Leia being like, oh, why are you being so on my case and so overprotective? Like, this happens with couples that I are mean, expecting I, a baby. I, I would do that. I would totally do that. You know I'm imagining I would do that. that this is something probably that Chuck Wendig wrote from experience. experience uh, as he is a, a person who had a child. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I'm imagining that that's probably something he did or knows people who did. Uh, so, and it's, they're not arguing. They're like bantering i I, I, mean, I, I I don't even say they're bantering she's just like i'm pregnant not dying she, she's more bemused than anything else yeah i it's i like i totally don't get where people are reading that like I mean, that's, it's total clickbait that's like saying you and i once had a mild disagreement about outdoor patio furniture in an ikea once therefore we're getting divorced in 25 years yeah it doesn't make sense yeah, nope, I don't buy it. Yeah. Uh, but that does transition us nicely into Cammy's concerns this week. Yeah. Uh, we are looking back at the Aftermath series in preparation for Empires End, which drops this Tuesday. Yes. Um. So right off the bat, uh, disclaimer, you and I have already read Empires End. <laughs> we, we have. Thank you, Del Rey, for sending us a uh, a review copy. Yes. Uh, that made it a lot easier for us to get our. Um, we already have one article written. Uh, Bria's got her review going. We've got our usual go, go no go, go set to go. We've, you've got another article in the works. So mm -hmm. so this is this is nice when we uh, get to you know. I, I've had time to think and compose my yes, thoughts for the it, blog, which is great. Nice. Thank you, thank you, thank and we you, also, uh, one, of the, one of the posts is about how we read the book to each other because we only had one copy, and, and we, we didn't we we didn't want to spoil each other, so we just read it out loud to each other. Yeah, 
So, we spent yeah. a whole weekend just doing that. It was great. Yeah, and we'll talk about that more when we talk about the episode, when we talk about the book on the next episode and we can spoil the stuff. Um, so yeah, we've read the book already, but we prepared this podcast before we read the book. Yeah, we were planning to record <laughs> this podcast the weekend we got the book. Yeah, so um, so we, so we don't worry, we're very... We are cautious super cognizant, and we and will not be. Also, we can edit if we slip something. Yeah, I will <laughs> cut anything else, uh, anything out if I accidentally slip something in in the next uh, twenty minutes or so. Uh, but yeah, no, there will be no empires and spoilers no. in this podcast. So Other don't than sweat. It's good. Yes, we enjoyed it very much. Yes, that's all you need to know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we just wanted to look back at uh, the previous two installments. Yeah. Of the Aftermath series, uh, Aftermath and uh, Aftermath Life Debt. Mm -hmm. um, so Aftermath came out the weekend we were at Dragon Con. Um, we had an event uh, that night at Barnes & Noble with Chuck Wendig. Uh, Which he, was super fun. Yeah, he read from the book. A bunch of us were there from the con. And I remember standing there around listening to him read. And, like, you and I were standing next to each other. Um, Brian Young was around the same area. Brian Novicki was, like, kind of standing, like, across from me. And Chuck's reading aloud from, like, the beginning of the book. And he says the, the name New Republic. And I just kind of, like, smiled and, like, covered my mouth. And I met... I met eyes with brian novicki and he looked at me and like we both had the same look like i can't believe we're hearing this <laughs> and i love that i looked over at tom holer who's um darth and turnus uh Shelly Shapiro's editorial assistant got a promotion there recently. Very well deserved, Tom. Also game master. Yeah, uh, also game master of, of dice and droids. We, we like Tom around these parts. It is a very uh, kind of wry, uh, smug look on when uh, Chuck said uh, New, New Republic because yeah. he he knows that yeah. would that speaks to us. Yes. Um, and side note: when we were watching The Force Awakens, and uh, Huck says the New Republic in his huge big speech that was again i was like holy crap i can't believe i'm hearing these words in a movie <laughs> that was one of the cool things about aftermath as a whole is uh, uh some of the things that we loved about legends kind of got ported into that book and really all of the books yeah in this series yeah uh they kind of came they kind of were brought out of legends and back into this new story group era canon mm -hmm. which is really cool yeah so we um, we went to that event. It was super fun. Um, also that weekend, there was uh, Friday night, there was an Aftermath panel. Which you got to moderate. I did get to moderate. And we've got that on our feed if you want to go back and listen to it. It was super fun. We didn't talk about spoilers because... Um, the book dropped that weekend and none of us had finished... Well, none of us except for Bria because yeah. Bria... <laughs> stayed up until four in the freaking morning yeah i was like i was like maybe i don't know 50 100 pages in at that point in time i'd been reading a lot like on my on my down downtime um but um that was it was a really cool discussion um and chuck is a really a really fun guy and uh he's he is really nice with fans um i know that there's some fans who uh don't think that um and they're wrong because <laughs> he he is if you are nice to him he will be nice to you shocking how that works out um but um 
Yeah, I, at the end of the panel, I was like, all right, I have to talk about spoilers. So if you haven't gotten to this part in the book, uh, leave the room. <laughs> uh, and I read the, pas- the passage aloud when um, it's Wedge thinking about um, crashing his A-wing into the lip of a volcano. Um, and he, um, with a rebel agent known as Fulcrum, and everyone went, ah! <laughs> Because that was my reaction in the book. Because I was thinking, oh my god, Wedge knows Ahsoka, and Wedge, she could, is he going to be in Rebels? Fast forward to the season finale of season two, when Ahsoka is effectively out of the picture. Season three, Wedge joins Rebels, but Fulcrum is not Fulcrum. Fulcrum is not Ahsoka anymore. Fulcrum is... A different character. So now I'm wondering, are we gonna see that scene in Rebels or something related to that? Uh but yeah, I just thought that was funny, like how back then everyone was like, Oh my god, which knows Ahsoka? Now it's like, but does he? <laughs> now that we know there are multiple four fulcrums. Indeed. Um so yeah, uh aftermath. I guess we should talk about like our initial reactions to Aftermath and what we enjoyed about it. I mean, it's not my initial reaction, but many people's initial reaction was a little bit of confusion over the over the prose utilized. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's ri- it, it was it really start I believe Star Wars literature's first ever exposure to third person present. Yeah, I don't I don't think there was e- were even any uh, shorts. That use that. No, I think the closest would be some of the passages from um, the Revenge of the Sith novelization. Mm -hmm. Um, But those were like those were just passages and not the whole the whole book. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, there was a lot of, um, you know, some people didn't like it. Um, It's it's a really common um, writing style. I I will say especially in contemporary work. Yeah, now. I will say that third person present is not as common. A lot of present tense is normally used with uh first person. Um like for example, The Hunger Games is first person present. Um but it's definitely not unusual. It is kind of unusual when it comes to science fiction and space opera, which Star Wars is. Um so I can understand why people who really only read Star Wars and science fiction are kind of like put a put apart, put it back. But um it's uh you know it's normal. Are you are we okay? Yeah, we're good. We're good. We're good. <laughs> Sorry everyone who can't see what just happened. <laughs> um so yeah, um and also the fact that it's not legends post return of the jedi landscape that we knew and were familiar with um yeah so a lot of the criticism out there was based on the pros but uh you can't say that third person present is inherently bad unless you're also willing to condemn the likes of jd salinger yeah i mean yeah jd salinger that hack uh but yeah that's something that stuck out to a lot of people for me though um what I really enjoyed about the book was it was a surprisingly intimate story. Yeah. Uh, the scope was restrained and the cast was restrained to the kind of cast I really like, mm-hmm. which is uh, the grunts that make the universe work. Right. 
Um, yeah, and that's another thing people were um, confused about is they, you know, it, it wasn't Heir to the Empire where you had the continuing story of Lucan and Leia. It was a story about, like, Lucan and Leia were not, well, Han was in the book, uh, barely, <laughs> uh, in an interlude, and that's pretty much it. Um, so it was a very different type of book than people were used to. Um, the the fact that it was coming out, uh, it was the first book to overwrite the post-Return of the Jedi Legends universe, um, I think hurt the book because uh, people were wanting to dislike something and that came out at the right time. Uh, but I, I mean, Aftermath was not my favorite book when it came out. I liked it. Um, I when I reread it, I actually liked it a lot more the second time around. Yeah. Um, with expectations properly. Yeah. Readjusted. Yeah, and I liked you know I liked the characters. I um I thought you know I I liked seeing them come together. I especially liked Sinjir and have continued to like him, and it was really cool seeing Sloan again and seeing uh you know let having Wedge continue to be a character in the books is is nice for those of us who've read the old expanded universe. And, you know, for me, even at the time of release, that was at the time of release, that was my favorite uh, sort of post legends novel. Yeah. Uh, the, the title had previously been held by a new dawn, uh-huh. uh, which I still enjoy. Uh, but aftermath took that spot over for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, sh- man, what else about the book? Um, it, it introduced the interludes, a very uh, World War Z um, sort of uh, element to it, which uh, I found really nice and really useful to sort of getting a glimpse at the state of the galaxy at that yeah. point in time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was, I, I, I liked those because, um, you know, it, it did give us more of a hint of what we might see in The Force Awakens. But also just like what happened, af- you know, what happened to the Empire and the New Republic after Return of the Jedi. Um, it, it was billed as part of the Journey to the Force Awakens line, but there wasn't really much of that. That was kind of a disservice to every book that launched with it. It was um, because they couldn't reveal anything. That's why Leia wasn't in the book. That's why Luke wasn't in the book. That's why Han was barely in the book. Um and um, when we go back after The Force Awakens, there were things that we realized realize after the fact. Um, of course, we didn't know it at the time that Temin Wexley is Snap Wexley, who is... We didn't find that out until we got some action figure uh, packaging later. Yeah, I mean, we knew, like, um, yeah, we, we you know, knew Temin Wexley was a character and then i'm still surprised Kevin turned out grew, grew up to be greg grunberg yeah, but that's and, another story and people were like is Kevin related to snap and then people were like maybe and then we find out they're the same person and we're like holy crap really <laughs> um so yeah i think that's the biggest connection is that uh Temin is snap um and um but yeah, it was it was very interesting to see the empire sort of start to crumble, and see maybe how we got to the p- place we were in the Force Awakens, um, 
Life Debt, though, really the gloves came off in Life Debt. Yeah, The Force Awakens was out, and the narrative options opened up a ton. Yeah. Um, first of all, Le- Leia and Han were much bigger characters in Life Debt, um, especially Han. Um, it continued one of the interludes from Aftermath, which, um, you know, several, they, you know, there were several interludes from Aftermath that continued on into Life Debt, you know, and, you know, this isn't really a spoiler, but, you know, the the trend continues, <laughs> you know, there are after there are interludes that have, you know, threads all throughout the series, which is which is nice because, it, you know, it adds to the whole landscape of the galaxy and, um, you know, getting to see like Mon Mothma and um, that interlude with her and Leia and Masameda. I remember reading that and going like, oh, man, there are going to be people in the TFN literature forum who go crazy over this because <laughs> they wanted to know, like, what happened to Masameda? <laughs> you know, um, we got a lot more of Mon Mothma mm-hmm. in Life Debt, um, seeing more about the New Republic. Um, How their governmental structure was set up. Yeah. And um, the the crew was already together in Life Debt, which is nice because it's um, because, it, you know, you're not spending time on, you know, introducing everyone. You know who the characters are. So you can let them just go running, um, which had a, a lot of good character moments with them. Um, and then, you ha- of course, you have the introduction of Rax, the ad- fleet admiral, who's a terrible, terrible, terrible human being. <laughs> oh, the way the way Rax set up Sloane in Life Debt, mm. horrible. Yeah, um, just uh, oh. You should probably note that a lot of people thought that the fleet admiral was Thrawn. Uh, at the end of Aftermath. Um, because at the time, there were some rumblings that uh, Thrawn was going to come, back, into come back in Rebels, which we kind of did and didn't believe at the time. Then Celebration Europe happened, and yeah. Yeah, so um, so yeah, a lot of people thought that he was, he was Thrawn. Um, we actually got Life Debt. I think Life Debt came out before um, Celebration Europe. And I was like, I was like, okay, if we, if he's in, if he is Thrawn, then we're definitely getting Thrawn in Rebels. But, um, he wasn't. And then, but we still got Thrawn in Rebels. So, um, but yeah, that, that plot, um, was a big part of Life Debt with Sloane and Rax, um, and just that, that relationship and, you know, that, those two going head to head was really, really good. I really enjoyed that. <clears throat> um, what else for Life Debt? Uh, Life Debt was... Uh, it was nice being able to use Han and Leia to the degree uh, that they could in Life Debt. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, get, get going to Kashyyyk. Mm-hmm. Uh, going to Kashyyyk was fun. And um, yeah, it, it, it was... It, the concern... Biggest criticisms of Aftermath was that it, the scope was small. Right. With TFA out, Life Debt could do more, and it did more. Mm-hmm. And you could you can see that um, 
aftermath really was just a springboard for what we were going to do in in life debt right and i loved seeing the larger new republic disagreeing about what to do with kashik um i liked leia uh you know, basically sending Nora and her team out to get Han and going against the New Republic. Um, I like when Leia is rebellious like that. And then, of course, Akbar shows up and it was great. So good. <laughs> so um, good. Uh, I think, you know, Life Debt continued my love affair with Sindri Raphaelis. <laughs> uh, for my for my money, uh, this isn't a this isn't a spoiler for Empire's End, but has the best arc in the whole series. Yeah, he um, he's definitely my favorite character um, from the series. I I love Sloan a lot, um, but I don't know. Like, I if, I always like the defecting Imperials. Um, I you know Tycho Selchu is one of my favorite characters from Legends. Um, I just I I think it's a really interesting concept, and to see how they react in all various different ways when they get to the rebellion of the new republic and sinjir was a a different character because he didn't he didn't defect he didn't really defect no he had you know the he was at endor and saw the empire lost and then was like all right i need to do something um and then he has to deal with that fact you know and realize he doesn't like himself and what does he do and how does he live in the new republic and um you know i just i really appreciate the care that you know his character has gotten and uh spoilers he's gay <laughs> which apparently is a big deal to some people uh but it just just part of who he is yeah and uh I also say that something else I really liked in Life Debt was the relationship between uh, Sinjir and Jasamari. Yeah, you don't see you don't see relationships written like that very often. Yeah, it's you know they're they're uh, it's a male female platonic friendship, which is really rare when it's not people who are related to each other. <laughs> um, you know, and you could also say, well, he's, you know, he's gay, so he's not going to be interested. But, you know, I, I like that they are still friends and, you know, that. And I mean, it's the same Nora. I mean, Nora and him are, you know, friends as well. So it's it's nice that they have that sort of relationship. I like it a lot. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, it's. Yeah, I, I've more of Sinjir being great, and I loved his character arc, and I loved uh, what they what Chuck did with him in Aftermath and Life Debt. Um, what else did I want to hit on on this? Drawing a blank here, I had something in mind. <laughs> I don't know. Oh um, yeah, Phantom Squadron. I would like a Phantom Squadron book. Oh yeah, that would yeah. be great. Yeah, I think I think that might be one of my main complaints about aftermath like i know a lot of people wanted more of the galaxy at large and wanted more of the the main big three characters whereas i want more like of the military parts of it yeah you, you wanted more of the x-wing books uh what you got more instead was uh, a little more firefly yeah uh firefly in star wars which uh, is great by itself yeah like i would like you i would like an entire book of phantom squadrons so. oh yeah 
but um yeah give me x-wing phantom squadron give me phantom squadron i think one of my favorite things about these books that they did you know i i love the story and the characters but i love the possibilities they set up yeah um and how many different stories you know you can you know can branch out from here well, from from even just after the first book, yeah, it was setting stuff up where we're like, okay, here are these seeds for storytelling possibilities. Well, and then you know the whole that whole interlude with Han and Chewie was the basis for Life Deck, mm-hmm. and people were like, oh my god, I want this story. And well, then, good news, <laughs> that's what you got. <laughs> um, so yeah, and um, I there was a lot of loose ends at in Life Debt that people have been really looking forward to with empire's end uh i think you know most people were really looking forward to seeing uh the showdown of rax and sloan um there you know that whole antagonistic relationship uh came to a head in oh, life debt yeah, at the end by the end of life debt i was like oh my god I want this Sloan and Rack showdown. Yeah, I want her to punch him in the way. face. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want, I, I, I set the book down and I was like, I want, I want to see Sloan just end Rax. Yeah. I, yeah, I think everyone was really looking forward to that. Um, and also, not just Rax versus Sloan, but Rax versus, not uh, Sloan versus Nora. Mm-hmm. Um, especially after what happened with her husband and life debt um, and uh, her fight with Sloan. I think everyone was really looking forward, is really looking forward to what happens with the two of them. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Sinjir continuing to try to find his place. Uh, you know, he left his boy toy, <laughs> uh, boyfriend, whatever you want to call him. Yeah, I was really, I was both looking forward to and really worried about Sinjir at yeah. the end of Life Dead. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely a character that is trying to find who he is and make up for past mistakes. Yeah, and I just want to give it, him a hug and be like, it's okay. Yeah, end of Life Dead. End of Life Dead. It kind of looks like he's barreling towards this path of self-destruction and it has me really worried yeah um and uh i jazz too i think i I think that's why they they are you know they're kind of like two sides of the same coin you know um and um oh and then (laughs) another funny comment about life dead is you know the whole wedge nora relationship and we then... found out recently um nora's age yeah <laughs> it's like you go nora yeah so i originally thought nora was maybe like 35 like early 30s because i'm trying to do math well, no Timmons. he was 16 in life debt i believe yeah. so i'm trying to do math. I, I would i i originally guessed late 30s early yeah. 40s and wedge would have been like 25 at this point in time maybe 24 25 so i'm like 10 years that's not that bad i mean han and leia is 10 years um and then you know i i happened to ask when we got the posters of sloan and nora and they said uh you know they think she's late 40s because she's older than sloan and i was like damn <laughs> you go you so, go nora almost uh, twice your age wedge <laughs> um and nora looks over and says yes 
you'll suffice. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, um, yeah, unfortunately, Wedge suffered the same fate, uh, romantically in, uh, I love as he did in I Legends. love and hate that he gets Derek in two universes. <laughs> he gets Derek. That's a verb. Gets Derek. Gets Derek. Yeah. Um, yeah, the funny thing was, uh, when we were reading Life Debt, um, you know, I was texting with, uh, Bria. Who, of course, finished it days before we did. Yeah, and I was like, oh my god, Wedge got Derek again when uh, Brenton came back. And she's like, yeah, uh-huh! And then the whole brainwashing plot happened, and I was like, oh my god, she re- really did get Derek! Um, um, yeah, that was a... I, I think I, I, you know, that was a plot line that was really interesting for me. The whole, like, the whole brainwashing thing, and um you know nora's like not nora uh sloan set up getting sloan set up for that yeah it racks basically like throwing her to the walls and like all right well sorry it's for the greater good (laughs) what a jerk (laughs) such a jerk (laughs) um but yeah i mean for me these books i i've enjoyed them just because i love this time period um you know i liked it i loved it in legends and i love it here in canon too it's this time period is our jam yeah i mean i just i love the post return of the jedi um just every you know i love the galactic civil war too but i think for me also like once luke becomes a jedi i think he becomes way more interesting to me (laughs) um and that's why, you know, I'm I'm dying to learn more about his travels and, you know, you know, continuing on with what we see of him in Shattered Empire. I want more of that all the time. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, those books won't be coming for a long time because we're going to get movies first. <laughs> Sadness. Yeah. <laughs> why don't we get the story of Luke and Kylo Ren? Uh, because we have two more movies coming out. And they don't want to ruin them. <laughs> That's why. That's why. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, so Empire's End. Battle of Jakku. Who survives? Who lives? Who dies? Who knows? <laughs> Chuck Wendig knows. Chuck Wendig knows. <laughs> you know, we've been remiss here. We haven't talked about one of the most important characters in these books. Mr. Bones. Mr. Bones. <laughs> The B1 droid that could. The murder droid. Murder droid. <laughs> Just so over the top absurd. I love him. I think my favorite thing about Mr. Bones is the fact that he's basically came into being because Chuck won't, wasn't able to write HK-47. <laughs> he's like, I want to write HK-47. And they're like, no. <laughs> and he's like, okay, I will make a new droid then. <laughs> but yeah, I droids... Star Wars needs droids. They need unique droids all the time. And um, I like, you know, K2SO. We got BB-8. And we got Mr. Bones. Um, I like that Chuck said he wanted to make Mr. Bones a B-1 droid because they're really pathetic and he wanted to make one scarier. (laughs) And and he did in Aftermath and Life Dead. Yeah. Well, uh, 
that's kind of our thoughts on uh, Aftermath and Life Dead, just kind of looking ahead to Empire's End, which drops again this Tuesday. Go get a copy. It's really good. Yeah. And I think we'll be back next week because uh, I cannot wait to talk about Empire's End. Uh, might see if we can get a couple of guests to join us for that. Yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, I, I've, you know, really enjoyed the first two installments of the series uh all i'll say about empire's end is that if you liked the first two you will like the third one um and um yeah i i i'm really looking forward to getting more books in this era i i don't know when we will if we will this this year um but um definitely looking forward to filling in the gaps and i think i think um after we saw the force awakens my, one of the first things i said afterwards was i need 30 years of in-universe books right now in front of me because <laughs> i need to know everything that happened in between and you know people get really mad the fact that legends is legends now but for me i'm like well i still got those books i can read you know like throngcast and then i get all you know get to think all these books that are going to come out in the future because once the trilogy's done they're going to be start filling in the gaps mm-hmm. because they can and they're going to give me the Luke and Ben book that's a companion to Bloodline <laughs> it will be great it will so yes aftermath it's been a good ride it's been a great run um about a year and a half Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's been a good run. I uh, really enjoyed the first two books. Um yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, be excited for Empire's End. Yeah. Go get it. Go get it. And get it now. if you get it from Barnes and Noble, you get a free poster. Yes, the very awesome Ray Sloan and uh Nora Wexley posters. Mm-hmm. Very cool stuff. All right, well, we'll go ahead and wrap up there. Uh, Again, we'll probably be back next week to talk Empire's End after the book's been out and you've all read it. Yes! Yay! All right, this episode of Tasha Station Radio has been brought to you in part by Her Universe and you, our Patreon subscribers. Check out the links on Tashi-Station.net to help us keep the lights on. On Twitter, you can find us with the handles Tashi underscore Station. That's the official show account. You can find Nancy with Nancy Pants. That's Nancy with an I. You can find me with Lane Winry, L-A-N-E-W-I-N-R-E-E. On Facebook, we're the Tashi Station Network. We're available on the iTunes Store, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you like what you hear, please do leave a review. Uh, It helps us grow the show. Uh, You can find our columns, news, and all of our other podcasts at Tashi-Station. Come back next week. We'll be talking Empire's End. So long, everyone. This podcast has been brought to you by Majestic Giraffe Productions and is the official podcast of TashiStation.net. All Star Wars names, music, and logos are property of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Tashi Station Radio is not endorsed by Lucasfilm or any division of the company. Now go pick up some power converters. Power converters.